0: All right, you can have a seat. Be warned though, I'm gonna make you move later, okay? Just be ready. Uh, I'm Clayton, welcome to all of those in the room, those watching now, those watching later in the week. Uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, this is the first Sunday of a, of a new series which concludes our summer. I'm sorry kids, I know school is coming, but it's good. Football's coming, lots of good things. But uh, so we have five weeks here, and the summer, this is the, the final series, we're calling it Summer Stories. So we're gonna tell a lot of stories. Stories of generosity, stories of our king, stories, maybe personal stories, your stories, lots of stories. So what's been really fun for me today is uh, we've had a summer staff this year. We have three interns. We call them summer staff because they've been staff. And they're going to help lead today. They're going to teach. We're going to teach together. But as so we were talking, we've been talking about this series now for a while, stories. And we had a conversation the other day and we said, well, they said, why stories? What's so important about Stories. They said, Clayton, because stories help us to remember. I said, okay. And they said, but remember what? We remember that God is good. We remember our stories. So, today to start things off, I thought it'd be fitting to start with a story. And most of you know, uh, so I planned to tell this story last week, and uh, my grandpa went to be with Jesus. This is his story. So, I heard this story when I was this tall and this tall. In this tall. I've heard this story over and over and over again. And this story, because it was remembered and shared with me, matters to me. It has shaped me and changed me. So you've heard this story. So we've all heard this story. But I'm going to tell it anyway. Is that all right? So it's a story about my grandpa and his family up in northwest Iowa a long time ago. Summertime. And so the story goes that for two years on the farm there was no crop. I don't know why there was no crop. All I know is there was no crop. And when you live on a farm, that's a problem. Third summer, there was a crop. My grandpa would say it was bountiful, that big booming voice. This was the crop that was going to help the family go. One day, though, on the horizon, they notice storm clouds starting to gather. And soon those storm clouds come over the farm, and the sky is just black. I just had this the other night. You know, when you know the storms seem really bad? When everything just dies. It's totally still. I wonder if it was one of those kind of storms. Because suddenly the clouds open up and it's not rain, it's hail. And the hail falls, and the hail falls, and the hail falls. And this crop that was gonna make the way, lead them forward, is just gone. So i been trying to imagine my grandfather and my great-grandfather, great-grandfather, their, how their mind might have worked at that time. All this hard work, all this labor, three years in a row, a thing you put everything into is gone. But what they did next is what sticks with me, and I hope it sticks with you. So they had a family piano, and they would go. That was where they worshipped as a family. That's where they read this book. That was where they worshipped the God they trusted in always. So their world is falling apart. What did my ancestors do? They walked to the piano, and they sat down together as a family, and they were so overwhelmed by what they were looking at, they could not sing. But they went to the God they could trust. Stories matter. Remembering stories matter. And sharing stories matter. Because they point to a God who is good. Because I don't know what happened after that story. All I know is that I am here, and my family is here. and I've watched people in my family go through hard things, but they always return to the God they can trust. So we're going to tell stories this month. So please come back. I think the stories we tell this month might propel us forward into a new year. There's a quote I've been liking as I've been reading or getting ready for this this sermon. It says this. It's by a guy named George Howard. I don't know who George is. I tried to look him up. I'm not sure. I Googled him. A life becomes meaningful when one sees themselves a change that, as an actor or actress within the context of a story, perhaps a big, great, and grand story, a story that never ends. When we see ourselves as a part of that story, life becomes meaningful. So my prayer this month for us is that the storyteller would awaken the storyteller, the stories of what he has done, that he is good in our lives, that we can share with others, and that it will propel people forward. Is that a good prayer? I think it's a good prayer. All right. So I'm going to have our, our guys come up. They're going to have some microphones. And we found a story in here, and we're going to talk about it. All right? Sound good? So this is Kayla Belzer, Elliot Schmidt. Give them a hand. Yeah. This is the culmination of their summer. And i got to say, pretty brave, Right? I mean, who knew they were going to have to do this? So we'll get the chairs up here. I'll be in the middle. You guys go on the sides a little bit. All right. So as we've been preparing for today, uh, actually, i gotta let, I got to warn you. So I said at the end, we're going to do some stuff. So at the very end, I'd like to let you know up front so the Holy Spirit can kind of mess with you a little bit throughout the service and you say yes to the end. Uh, we need some of you to be prayer people. People who will pray prayers of blessing. So our hope today is that as we talk and as you think, and you're going to talk too, that at the end we want to start to remember all these things our God has done for us. So we want to pray that prayer over you before you leave. But to do that, I need some of you to come forward. And I have a prayer for you. It's right here. And all you're going to do is you're going to put your hand on somebody and you're going to pray this prayer of blessing. Okay? Okay? I see some people nodding. I think we have some yeses out here. Okay. So the sentence we've come up with for today that I didn't even come up with, uh, I think the guys did, is this. It'll be up on the screen. Is that God wants us to remember our identity, who he created us to be, to instill, and the installation is a gradually, a firmly established process, confidence that leads us to action. So as we remember things that he did, how he was with us through things, It makes us do things. It's funny how that works. So, as we were getting ready, I'm going to kick to Ellie here in a second. Uh, We've been fascinated with the story in the Old Testament. And uh, I think you're going to see that sentence play out in this story. You want to take it away?
1: Yeah, sure. All right. So, the story that we're looking at is the story of Joshua as he becomes the leader of Israel. So, we'll be in Joshua 1, 3, and 4 if you want to follow along uh, a little bit. Elliot's going to read the whole thing, so buckle up. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) So uh, just to give a quick background of what's going on, uh, Moses has been the leader for years and years, and he's just died. And then Joshua was pronounced as the next leader for the nation of Israel. Uh, Joshua is in a difficult place. Believe it or not, I personally don't have much experience leading an entire nation, (laughs) but I can't imagine that it's easy. And not only that, he has to follow Moses, who is described as someone where there's never been another prophet in Israel like Moses. I mean, talk about pressure. That's where we're at when we pick up the story of Joshua. However, in this story, we'll see that there's actually two stories that are uh, interconnected There's the story of Joshua, as I mentioned, an individual, and the other is the story of Israel as a body or community of believers. These stories have parallels, as we'll see going forward, and that is why our sentence has an emphasis on plural. God wants us to remember our identity, who he created us to be, which instills a confidence that leads us to action. It is not just individual remembering, but remembering as a community of believers. Mm -hmm. So after reading from these sections, these stories, I felt that three themes emerged from these particular stories, and we kind of worked on it together. There was the theme of the promise, the way, and fulfillment. So after Joshua became leader, the first thing that God did, at least that we can see in Joshua 1, was to remind Joshua of the promise that he gave Moses, a promise for Israel. While it was a promise of what God would do, it also served as a reminder of who he had created Israel to be, a separate and holy nation that God could use to reveal himself to the whole world. This reminder led to an immediate response to action, as we see uh, down in Joshua 1.10. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel to go and tell the camp to get ready to move in three days. Now, that might not seem like immediate action when Joshua goes and tells people in three days we're gonna move. But if Governor Reynolds had told the nation of Iowa to get ready to move in three days because we're gonna cross the Missouri River and take over Nebraska, (laughs) that seems like trying to move in three days seems really quick and really (laughs) rash. And I'm not saying Nebraska's the promised land at all. (laughs) (laughs) so we have this the start of the story for the body of believers of the nation of israel and then three days later we see god speak again this time god is making a promise to joshua in joshua 3 7 he tells joshua that today he will begin to exalt him in the eyes of all israel that he will begin to make him a great leader this is a reminder from god that joshua was created to be a leader This reminder of who Joshua was created to be also led to an immediate response and immediate action. As we go down a little bit further, Joshua says, today is the day that we cross the Jordan and enter the Promised Land. And I find it interesting that Joshua says this, but God never said anything about that moment being the moment to go and enter Israel. He just told Joshua who he was, and then action came from that. The common thread between these two stories is that after being reminded by God who they were created to be, Joshua and the Israelites had confidence in themselves and confidence in the Lord, so they responded with action, which is remarkable because they didn't know the way forward yet. They still had to cross the Jordan River, but they stepped out in faith, and this leads to the second theme, the way. The Israelites did not know the way. They were in unfamiliar land. But they took the first step, trusting that God would make a way for them, even if they couldn't see it or it seemed impossible. Often the way is difficult to see when we look forward. There might be a flooded river in the way, but if we trust that the Lord will make a way by taking the first step into it, powerful things happen. We see this when the priests step into the river and with the Ark of the Covenant and the Jordan River stops flowing. God goes before his people and makes a way for them when they step out in faith. This leads into the third theme of fulfillment. In Joshua 4.1, we see the fulfillment of God's promise to Moses and the Israelites. They have crossed the Jordan and entered the promised land. In Joshua 4.14, we see the same thing, the fulfillment of God's promise to Joshua. He has been exalted, made a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites. And again, we see this on the individual level and the entire community of believers. As soon as these promises were fulfilled, God and Joshua had the Israelites continue forward and go on to Jericho. No, he actually had them stop and pause and take a moment to focus on a way to remember that God had just made a way for them to cross the Jordan River. So Joshua set up two memorials of 12 stones Uh, to represent the 12 tribes of Israel, one in the river and then one using stones from the river in the camp where they stayed. And these memorials were meant to spark a memory of what God had done so that it could continue to be remembered. To sum up the story, God made promises by reminding Joshua and the Israelites who they were created to be, which led to a confidence to take action, trusting that God would make a way. Then God fulfilled his promises and the people of Israel marked the events so they could be remembered years later. As I mentioned before, often the way forward is difficult to see when we look ahead. But if we look back, the way seems much more clear. Our tendency would be to look forward to Jericho right after God helped us hold back, by holding back the Jordan River. But we must take time to look back and remember the ways God has worked in our lives and remember who we are created to be. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to enter into a story time, and take the time to remember things that God has done in our lives.
0: Yeah. And we want to invite all of you, because this is the hardest part, is taking time to remember. Like you said, we, we move straight to Jericho. So as you're sitting here, as we're going to share some of our stories, think of your own story. Take some time, slow down, and think about what has God done in your life? We want to remember. So I think we're going to start with uh, Caleb, and there's a question that's going to be on the screen. Um, do you remember a story when God reminded you of how he
2: sees you and who he created you to be? So, uh, like Clay said, I'll be answering this question through a story that happened this past summer. So, I'll be a senior next year at Pell Christian, and I also play baseball for PC. And a lot of my buddies know, and some of them are here, they know that I don't play catcher. <laughs> I've never played catcher in a game in my entire life until this past summer. And the few practices I've practiced catcher before this season, there's been some incidents, but that's, you can talk to me after if you want to hear that story. <laughs> Anyways, so I was, uh, our, my coach asked me to practice catcher because we needed more than one catcher. So, um, I practiced for probably maybe one to two weeks, maybe, and then I got my first opportunity to play catcher in a game. It was a doubleheader against Indianola, which is not always the best, and because they're a 4A school and we're a 2A school, so they're, in baseball they're twice as big as us, but in like normal student-wise they're four times as big as us. so. The game we played was pretty awful. It what was the en- score? It ended in four innings because they run-ruled us 18-2. to two. <laughs> <laughs> so, And I personally thought I played terrible. I was so frustrated with myself after the game, and I tend to beat myself up about things like this, but, and this was especially bad. So as soon as the game ended... All I could think about was what I did wrong. And I instantly started crying. And I was bawling my eyes out like a baby. And all I could focus on was that I was the catcher that let all those pass balls get past me. That that was me that watched all those runners cross home plate, every 18 of them. That I was the one who was responsible for half the runs or more than half the runs. That I made all those mistakes. So, it's a doubleheader, and I typically eat in between games, as most of us do. So, I'm walking towards the field house to go grab my lunchbox. And I talk to my parents for a bit, but I really just wanted to be alone and sulk in my sadness. Anyways, um, I grab my lunchbox and I'm headed back. And on my way back, I see my old coach, Jeff Bruxford, which I don't know if he's here this service. But um, yeah, so I'm on my way back and he's talking to his wife Desh and he motions me to come over to him. And Desha walks away and I walk over to him, still crying my eyes out, thinking about everything I did wrong. And he puts his arm around me and we just stand there. We stand there until I stop crying. And when I finished crying, he tells me, he starts talking to me, and I remember two things. He said, the game of baseball, and the game you just played, does not define you as a person. Your identity does not rely in being a good ball player, or a bad ball player. Your identity is in something greater, being a son of the king, He also said, you'll come back better than this because no one works their butt off like Caleb Belzer. And I walked away, not crying anymore, relieved and sort of in shock. Like, wow, like that was powerful. God used Jeff that day to instill in me who I was and am and where my identity lies, and not being a bad or good ball player, but in being a son of the king. So to answer the question, do you remember a story when God made a promise to you about you or your identity or future, what was your response, and was it immediate like Joshua's, or did it take time? My response was immediate because we had another game to play, and I walked back into the dugout and I remember some of my buddies picked me up also. I know Micah did. And I was feeling a million times better by that time because God used Jeff and my buddies that day to pick me up and get me ready to play our second game. So yeah, God used Jeff that day to instill in me confidence in my identity and where my identity lies.
0: Thanks, Kim. Yeah. It's important to share the stories because it encourages people who are a part of what God is doing. We partner with Him. And so someone came to bring Him a word from the Lord. And so it's good for Jeff to know. So hopefully, he's here next service uh, to hear that. So thanks, Caleb. The next one, uh, we're going to keep moving through back to what uh, Elliot was saying. What was the next question? Keep on uh, the screen. Yeah.
1: The next question is Do you remember a story when God showed you the way when you didn't know the way?
0: Yes, I do. Um, so uh, growing up, uh, I had a lot of people talk to me. And again, we're going to keep telling stories, and you be thinking of your own story the whole time. I'm hoping the Holy Spirit is helping you inform you of your own stories. Uh, uh, when I was a small boy, I had people tell me that this is probably what I was supposed to do. This is probably it. But uh, I didn't really want to do it. One, because I didn't want to work in church, because I didn't want to talk in front of people like this. I was not interested in that. I had to stutter. And two, I don't know if you noticed, but people sometimes get mad at their pastors. And so... <laughs> Didn't look like a lot of fun, so I was like, I don't want to do that either. But as life I'm pretty on sure so, so my dad was the first to laugh. <laughs> to that. Uh, so I thought there was a different way for me. I thought, God, you know, I hear what you're saying. I hear these wise people in my life who I love and trust saying some stuff, but I think there's a, probably a better way. And so I liked basketball, and basketball is a good way. But I thought, I, I think I'll go that way. But the problem was that became the way, my thing. That was how I was going to get through life. I was going to play basketball, make money. When I was done playing, I would just coach. That's what you do after you're done playing, right? That's kind of how it goes, which is fine. But so I kind of discounted and discredited the the, the other way. It was a part of it, but it was kind of underlying. When I was 20 years old, I was playing basketball at Drake University, and I was in a preseason workout, and I banged knees with somebody. Just banged knees. Banging knees, my bone died in my knee and slowly fell apart through the course of the year. So I had reconstructive surgery, but I was, it was never the same. So my career was over. And so we're saying, we remember stories, we remember the goodness of God. In that moment, I didn't see any good. My thought was, God, how could you do this to me? Why would a good God take away a good thing? And I was really mad about it for quite a while. But there's been a slow redirect in my way. And he took me away from something that I probably wouldn't have handled well and brought me down a new path. It wasn't just to do this. It was because, he said, Clayton, I want you to walk through life with me. Because life is really hard. And you're going to need me. So we're going to do this thing together. So now for 17 years, my wife and I have been doing a lot of remembering as we've been preparing for this sermon. It's been a lot of things. But he's been taking us this new way. And there's a better way As I look back, almost all of the ways took steps in faith, not knowing the way, but just trusting, like the Israelites did into the Jordan. So, I mean, we took a step in faith, and people responded. You know, Elliot, I learned about being a pastor from Elliot's dad. He's here today. Now, I get to be a part of Elliot, learn about what do I mean to work in church? What a weird way how all these things work out. And like you said... We don't see them when it's happening, but when we turn and look back, we see the goodness of our God. We see his pursuit of us. Because I would venture to say that we've all had things happen in our life that we're like, why in the world did that happen? How did that happen? That was crazy. Whatever you believe in, I would say that might be, if that's you today, a God who's saying, I love you. I am chasing you. I have a different way, a different promise, a different identity, and he wants you to know what it is.
2: Next thing. I think Caleb might have the next thing. So now we want you guys to remember a time when God reminded you or used someone to remind you of who you are and who you were created to be, or, and you could do both, a time when God used someone Or God showed you the way when you didn't know the way or you didn't think you knew the way. So think of a time where uh, you could answer one of the two first questions that me and Claire shared our stories on.
0: And they're on the screen too. That was a long question. (laughs) But take some time. Neighborhood conversation. So talk, share, remember. Uh, Does anything come to mind as we've been talking today of of God's pursuit and love of you? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sharing, thank you for talking. I'll interrupt you. So we've been doing this story thing all month. So I really want to encourage you. I was actually talking to someone this morning who was looking back through an old journal, had written lots of things down. As they looked back on their journal, saw, wow, look at the way. Look what the Lord has done. He is good. So one of the things that struck me about um, this passage is just that uh, when... It's in Joshua, let's see, uh, 3.10. This is what Joshua says to the Israelites. When he says, we, get, we have to go. He says, this is how you will know the living God is among you. When, they, when the priests would put their feet into the water, the water would part. It would stop. And the Lord created a moment for his people. So I don't, I'm not sure how you feel this morning, but I feel a little bit like life is like a river. It's a raging current. And I feel like I'm just getting just run over by the river sometimes. And so I wonder if anyone else might feel that way. I think that perhaps this morning could be a moment where you could step down into the water. And that he might pile it up a little ways back. Because he wants you to remember some things that he thinks about you. Or the plans he has for you. He wants you to know what he's done for you. I focus just on the bad stuff. It's so easy to remember all the bad things. Never take time to remember the good things. There are a lot of good things. Let's have the band come on up. So we're going to create a moment. We want this month for us to remember that our God is good. We believe that, this church. So if anyone is willing to pray for someone. It's pretty simple. We have cards. Elliot and Caleb have them. We're just going to lie in the front. There will also be prayer ministers in the corners. We want to create some space because we think the Lord wants to do something today. So if you're willing to, to be brave, you can come forward. You can grab a card, and they'll they'll, they'll help you. I'll be up here too. And we're just going to worship. And uh, we want to bless your memory today. Sound Good. All right, just give me like a a something. A little bit of noise, a little something. All right, come on. All right, well, let's pray. And uh, people come forward and uh, just, yeah, come on up.